It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and <laughs> recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Ho. Fresh out the frying pan into the fire. I be the music biz number one supplier. Flyer than a piece of paper bearing my name. Got the hottest chick in the game wearing my chain. That's right, ho. Not DOC, but similar to them letters. No one could do it better. I check cheddar like a food inspector My homie Strick told me, dude, finish your breakfast So that's what I'ma do, take you back to the dude with the Lexus Fast forward the jewels and the necklace Let me tell you dudes what I do to protect this Shoot at you actors like movie directors <laughs> You're listening dogs. to 2, 5, and 10 Your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to episode 131 of 2, 5, and 10. Uh, my man's finally back in the States. Benny, what up, baby? 131, the final one of the regular season. This is when the fun starts. Enough of, you know, the drag and monotony of December games against the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo. Now we're getting to the real shit. Get to that nitty-gritty. Philly's liking it. Gritty, <laughs> get it? Anyways. Yeah, so we have only a few days left in a regular season. Uh, basically ends on Friday. We're recording this Wednesday night on the 27th. Uh, there is that ridiculous Sunday makeup game with no playoff implications between Winnipeg and Seattle. Um, but Friday night basically ends the regular season for everybody. There are a couple seeding scenarios still up for grabs. Um, Vegas technically still isn't... Eliminated from wild card contention, but they're pretty much toast. Yeah, there's um, like five points. Yeah, they're out. <laughs> all, all eight Eastern teams have clinched. All eight Eastern teams will have at least 100 points. Um, First time ever, right? I believe so. Um, the loser point helps. Um, yeah. The only seeding scenario left in the East is who finishes third in the Metro and plays the Rangers in the first round, and then who takes that second wildcard spot and plays Carolina in the first round. Um, out West, you have Minnesota and St. Louis who are clinched to play each other. They just need to figure out who gets home ice. And then the last two wildcard spots, it's almost guaranteed to be Nashville and Dallas. It's just a matter of who's going to finish in the first wildcard, who's going to finish in the second wildcard. So we'll start there. We had the great Nashville-Calgary game last night. I know everybody kind of wants wants to see that as the first-round matchup. But looking at the schedule, I kind of see an easier path slightly for Dallas to possibly leapfrog over Nashville um, and have it Calgary-Dallas and Colorado-Nashville in the first round. Uh, what do you think about the Dallas-Nashville race and kind of – what happened in that Flames Preds game last night? I mean, Nashville closes with Arizona, so I, I'm going with uh, <laughs> Nashville to keep that wild card one and hopefully play Calgary. I don't know what happened, dude. Like it looked like uh, Lucic and Borvietsky went at it at, at the end of the first. Nice tilt. 
Matthew Kachuk started with Matt Duchesne, gave him a little thing. Then it was a two-hander to the face, and Duchesne spared him in the nuts, and, and then they're off. And I'm like, I like it. I like the nasty. I'm like, I am. I'm all in on this series already. Uh, I will say, if you look at the two and three in that Pacific. I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup with Edmonton and L.A., but, yeah, give me Calgary and Nashville all day. I feel like L.A. is just happy to be their team. Like, I can see them being bounced in four games, and it's just like, well, we weren't supposed to be here, so, like, what a great season. Yeah, kids had great development, <laughs> yeah. Um, all I care about in the West is getting a Calgary-Edmonton second-round uh, in a Colorado, Minnesota second round. That's all I care about. I'm trying to think. I I don't know who's going to win that St. Louis, Minnesota matchup. Like, I feel like that one's just a coin flip. Call it in the air. Yeah, the last game they played against each other on ESPN was fucking incredible. Yeah, like I just I just think the matchup for the two of them it it just suits them so well hockey wise. So, do you think though, like? In the end, it's playoff time. Do you think just the St. Louis depth and experience may give them the edge over Minnesota? Or, I mean, th- this team that Billy G put together is playing good hockey. Yeah. I mean, they're both pretty similar up front, probably a little more star power for St. Louis. Um, I think O'Reilly gives them the huge edge down the middle. But then you have Tarasenko. Who's turned it on lately, too. Yeah, Kaprizov kind of knocked each other out. And you have Buchnevich and Zuccarello, Hartman. So it's just a, both teams have a lot of firepower, but they play similarly slow games. Um, the difference for me is going to be on defense. Goaltending is up in the air for both teams. You can have good game. You can have a guy ride a streak for a whole series you can have guys where you're alternating your starter every other game because nobody's taking the reins the difference for me would be on a back end where the dumba brodine pairing is better than i think anything st louis can put out there um so i think that uh would be the x factor in that series getting back to the nashville dallas situation did you think – I don't think any of us – I mean, we both picked Dallas to be a wildcard contender, I think, in our preseason predictions. But where they were on January 1st, they were toast. Um, they oh, yeah, they were completely gotten a lot out from of it. Sagan this year. They still haven't gotten a lot from Ben. Ben's turning more into the old-school uh, Ryan Getzlaff uh, point of his career where he'll chip in some offense, but he's mainly there to provide leadership and fight now. Um, I'm just surprised they made it a run and they, they're almost eclipsing a hundred points. Yeah, no, they, they most definitely turned it on. I know, I don't remember where I ranked them, but I remember I said wherever we had them lined up, I said, I put Nashville in front of Dallas because I could just never put Dallas in front of Nashville just for personal <laughs> reasons. So with that, yeah, I mean, no, I'm pretty sure at the movie when we talked about it, we had them out completely. There was no, there was not a chance they were making the playoffs, and I, I even thought going towards the trade deadline there was going to be some movement for them, just because. I mean, we didn't know what exactly 
was going to happen then at that point. Like they were on the way up. Yeah. Like they were on the way up, but yeah, it was like Klingberg was allegedly going to go and all these other things. So it just seemed, uh, evident that it it was like, it was over for them, but they stayed on the course and apparently it worked out for them. But I did already see that possibly Rick bonus may retire at the end of the year. So, I mean, this could just be uh, the last go around for the big fella. Yeah, and from where they were with the goaltending situation, now they have their kid finally running away with the number one job, which is probably what Dallas wanted and just desperately needed uh, for the future of the franchise. Um, yeah, I think that kid finally needed his chance. He, he was a good goalie. Yeah. Ottinger. And he was stuck by like three different dudes. But... Um, when heading back to the Eastern Conference, you guys made it a little bit of a run there to potentially finish in the Atlantic Division bracket. You guys are going to finish with the number one wild card. You got you all play Carolina in the first round. Washington and Pittsburgh, like we said, are the only seeding up for uh, situation up for grabs in the East. Both teams are pretty similar, where they have the veteran core group and pretty shitty goaltending. I mean, you have to give the leg up there to Pittsburgh, but right now you have Jari, who's either going to come back and start game one with a ton of rust, or you have to Smith in game one. Um, So I don't want to chime in and jinx anything here, so I'm putting it to you. Who do you want if you're the Rangers in the first round? Personally, I want Washington. I think that... um... I know that they have the big names and everything, but just throughout the year, I mean, their goaltending has never made it completely around the merry-go-round. Like, these are games that Washington has put up numbers in to get there. And I I just think for them, plus 35 goal differential with the amount of talent that's on their team... I think it should be more, and I think it shows that the goaltending was kind of the Achilles heel. So, honestly, that's where I would go if I was you guys. I I just think Crosby in the playoffs, I don't care the year, the time. Like, that team always seems to light it up at the right time, and they they always scare me playoff time because of it. Like, you're like, all right, here comes Latang with a fucking end-to-end rush. All right, Malkin just turned it on. Here we go. We, We got the angry Russian upset. So, yeah, I, I just, I would rather Washington if I was you. Yeah, I'm always leery about wanting to play Crosby, Malkin, and Latang in the playoffs <laughs> um, and Sullivan as a head coach. So I guess I'm, I would be slightly leaning that way too, but at this point, the way the Rangers are playing and the way they played against Pittsburgh and Washington this season, either one, like, let's go, let's get this shit started. See, I'm, I think we're going to stay in that wild card one, but if Tampa, you know, loses one and loses in a shootout and we go two and oh, we flip flop with them and we'd play Toronto in the first round. And honestly, just my own personal opinion and preference I think we're better off going to the Metro. That That's my personal belief. Because, yeah. I mean, on the other end, regardless, whichever way you look at it, you're going to have Florida, Toronto, or Tampa waiting for you. Yep. 
And that's why I didn't want to win a division because I didn't want to have to play one of the Atlantic teams in the first round. I want you got I want the Atlantic teams to just destroy each other for the first round. Yeah, I mean, obviously we can get like more in depth as to uh, we'd probably I think playoffs would start Monday, so we'll probably rip one up Sunday night. But um, yeah, I think rumor has it Tuesday's game ones. Tuesday's game ones. All right, so yeah, we can either, either Sunday or Monday. Monday. But like. Uh, us against Carolina, like, we have not matched up good with them all year. Like, when we played them, they're flying. Like, they're buzzing on the ice by us. And, like, it's not even close. But as for, like, lineup construction and, you know, bigger names, like, I, I feel like we have that. And I know it's not always, you know, the biggest dog that wins in every fight. But it's like, in a seven-game series, I mean, granted, you know, we're talking many moons ago, but it's like we've we've gotten one by Freddie Anderson. Um, I was about to say, does Freddie Anderson scare you in the first round? Yes and no. I think I mean Freddie's a good goalie, and I, and I don't want people to you know th- throw that against him because of you know the past time. Like that's that's the one thing with like Bruins fans that like kills me. They're like, we've done it before against them. Why can't we do it now? I'm like. You're right. Like you know, there is a pass there, but fuck, that was however many years ago. Like this is a new year. He's on a new team. Like like Toronto doesn't scare me. I'm like, well, they fucking scare me. Like <laughs> like like you kind of got to give credit where credit's due. And I always feel like that's one of the worst problems with Boston fans. And you know, they jump completely on the bandwagon, and you know, there's no taking them off of it. And you know, I, I kind of like to start with, like, my toe in the water and see how it goes and, and go from there. And I think Carolina is a difficult matchup for us with the speed. I do think we have a lot more playoff experience than they do. But, I mean, Carolina went into your barn last night and took one, won the division. Yeah. Uh, like, Brindamore knows those guys. He knows how to get them going. Like, I it's a very tough matchup. To, to draw them in the first round. Like, I just, I, I don't know what to feel about it. They're just a very high-pressure team. Like, the Rangers, we've lost to them two times in a row at the Garden now, uh, where we scored two goals late with the goalie pulled and almost came back and tied in both games. But even strength, power play, penalty kill, whenever a ranger touches the puck, there were two guys on him immediately. Like, there's just no let-up in the game. And the, the foot speed that they have, it's just very difficult to put together a string of passes and plays on a shift-by-shift basis against Carolina. It's just not very possible. Um, so then you start re- you start neutralizing your own offensive talent because then you're like, okay, we got to get the – puck off our stick and dump it in. And that's not the strength of a Panarin or a Zibanejad line. So it starts neutralizing that. So Carolina's, I don't envy you having to play them in the first round, but also I hope it goes seven. So if we do end up beating Washington or Pittsburgh in the first round, whoever we get in the second round is tired as fuck. A little bit more beat up. Yeah. But, you know, that's... <laughs> um, we did talk about the West... And how the conference, uh, the wildcard teams, Nashville and Dallas, seem pretty much set, barring a miracle. That miracle would entail Vegas winning out. And I believe 
Nashville clinched, so it's Vegas has to win out, and Nashville, uh, Dallas has to lose the last two games of the regular season, and I think that gives Vegas the final playoff spot. Barring that miracle, is this the most disappointing team of the last decade? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think we've seen a lot bigger collapses, quote-unquote. Yeah. But, I mean, this team, this payroll, the the player, because the, I'm not going to say the players you brought. I'm going to say the player you brought in who, you know, big-time acquisition, who was now finally healthy, was out of Buffalo. And I bet Jack Eichel's kicking himself in the ass over that Buffalo game because if they had that two points that night, it, it changes where they stand. Um. I think for them, it, it is huge. I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, I, I don't see how they're not sitting third in the Pacific past LA. And it just could not put their money where their mouth is, couldn't put it together. And they just couldn't lose, get it going at all this year. You kept waiting for them to turn it on. Yeah, I mean, that loss against San Jose, I mean, the guys against San Jose were saying, even to the media, which is funny, like after the game, they're like, oh yeah, like we woke up this morning and we had text messages from other teams around the league saying, we're in your corner, like be, like get the W tonight. And it's like, now is that resentment towards Vegas and, you know, being over the cap and everything else? Yeah. Or is that one of those things? Or you think yep. people are just kind of like, you know what, like fuck them. Maybe they don't like Jack Eichel. Maybe they don't like Mark Stone. Maybe there's just certain players there that they don't like, and maybe it's they came in. Building. Well, I mean, it could be you know they came out of expansion so good that you know maybe maybe it pissed off other teams who were in the basement, you, you know, and it's taken them a lot longer. And maybe it's just one of those things where it's like you know what, fuck this team. Yeah, I mean Vegas has been treating the roster like a fantasy roster since they started, so I'm sure there's a little bit of resentment around. You know, it is a business, but also these are like real dudes that whenever you make a trade or let go of a guy, it it impacts their lives. And not putting guys in a position where they really, truly feel comfortable when they're part of the Golden Knights organization. And it's just like this guy in, this guy out, this guy in, this guy out. Okay, over the cap here. Let's play some cap shenanigans. Like, yeah, I could see them being hated around the league. And there is a chance, to be honest, that they even finish behind Vancouver. I could see that, too. So, yeah, yeah, I mean. It's very bleak for them to be optimistic as to they have four points in front of them and they need two losses for both of them, both Nashville and Dallas. They need two losses for both of them. Like, that's Yeah, that's well, Nashville tough. already clinched, so it basically comes down in yeah, Dallas. Dallas. Dallas plays Anaheim the last day of their regular season, and then their other game is Arizona. Yeah, I think, you know, you get the good the farewell tour for Getze. I mean, that, that could be tough. They, they got the younger kids. But, I mean, Arizona should just be a complete nutter. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is already up on nothing in that game. So, if Dallas gets one point against Arizona tonight, it's over. It's over, yeah. Um, I know in terms of disappointment, 
you go back and look at Tampa Bay getting swept in the first round, but they won the President's Trophy. They were the best team in the league that year. It's kind of hard to call that entire regular season a disappointment, despite what happened in that first round. But to go into, a lot of people had Vegas as the third best team in the league for the year in preseason predictions behind Tampa Bay and Colorado. They were one of those like popular picks to make it to the cup final and to just not even make it. And that's they made all these predictions for me even before they added Eichel. So oh, yeah, you, exactly. Then you bring him in, and I know they dealt with injuries. Leonard was pretty much a non-factor the entire season, and there's no depth behind him. And that, that's where the cap comes into play. You load up, and you have a top-heavy roster. If one or two guys miss a significant amount of time at the same time, you're fucked. And that's where it, I ended up kind of burning them a little bit. Speaking about that, uh, I actually got a huge chuckle the other day because, um, you know, hockey went back to ESPN this year and they interviewed the analyst and the writers and they had the write-up as to who they believed was going to win the cup this year. And there was a whole bunch of people that had picked Vegas. And the funniest thing about the caption was, is John Tortorella the smartest guy at ESPN because he had picked the Flames? (laughs) <laughs> so I started dying because there was Vegas, 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 a couple Tampa Bays, and then there was uh, Calgary, and that just made me laugh. I was like, oh, good old torts. Is is KC the smartest man at 2, 5, and 10? <laughs> okay. Well, thank God there's only two of us. I got a 50% chance, pal. Yeah. So also besides doing our first round preview on Sunday or Monday night, I thought we could also use that episode to go into our preseason standing predictions. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we could do that. So I think we both had Winnipeg and the Islanders in the finals. So <laughs> uh, I think we did too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, next year isn't looking too better for them. I know they still have all that talent on the roster, and if everybody stays healthy, they'll be better. But they still need to. They're going to be losing even more depth this offseason. and there's not a lot of, you know, reinforcement reinforcements coming through the pipeline in the form of cheap prospects on ELCs to fill that gap. So they're going to have a very, it's going to almost be like an NBA roster where you have like you're starting six and then guys all on league minimums from the, from the D league. Just coming up. (laughs) Like, so I don't know what their plan is. I think they were going all in on this season thinking this is the year to do it. And it backfired. And now they're kind of going to be scrambling the off season. They're going to have to do some work to cut that roster down, yeah. Yeah. Um, Moving on to our boys. I know we touched on them both a little bit here. You you have two games left in the season. Like you said, there is still that outside chance that you can leapfrog Tampa Bay. More likely than not, you're going to finish that one wild card, play Carolina. You guys got a little bit healthier over the last five to seven days. Pasta coming back, Lindholm coming back. Where do you guys, how do you feel about the roster right now and the way you guys are playing heading into the first round? Uh, I feel okay with it. Uh, I still don't know. Uh, at one point, it looked like Swayman kind of took away, was running away with the reins. And then there was a couple of games, like the Pittsburgh game last week, where we put up 50-something shots and we get shut out. And I think it was like 3 nothing or 4 nothing. 
And, you know, you can tell it kind of beat him up a little bit. And then uh, Omar comes back from injury, and now he's playing pretty good. So, honestly, game one, I don't know who you see as of right now. But if you asked me a week and a half ago, two weeks, I'm saying Swayman all day. I think but now I like, would go Swayman. Yeah, I just I, I don't know where it's going to end up. As for Lindholm coming back, I'm uh, very optimistic. I mean, l- like I said before, I, I never got to see him really play too much when I'm being on the West Coast. He is just such a good skater. But, yeah. Like, really good on his edges, like up and down the ice, like nice quick transition. Um, I like where that is. I like uh, McAvoy up there. Charlie's been playing really good hockey. I just wonder for the bottom two defensemen, who's it going to be? Because I think Forbert makes it for the penalty killing aspect. But as for who the other one's going to be, whether it's going to be Riley or Connor Clifton, like I don't know who's going to be the extra guy there at that point. Um, lineups up and down. I mean, first line's playing good hockey. J- Jake DeBrusque lo- looks like a new player out there. Second line, I mean, Pasta gets right back into the lineup the other night like he didn't miss a beat. Uh, the 11, 12, 13 line, I'm still liking them. I'm just wondering, you have Nick Felino there on that fourth line. Uh, Felino, no sick, and Lazar. I just wonder, the, the kid Mark McLaughlin has come in and has played really good. And I just wonder if, you know, Felino does not have the best postseason, I guess I'll say track record, and not for uh, ways playing, but like I feel like he gets hurt every postseason. And, you know, a game or two out of the lineup, or if he comes back, is he going to be rusty and... I just think it's going to be hard to take this kid out of the lineup and McLaughlin. He's been playing so well. Is that so, a real guy or is that somebody that you made up in NHL 2K22? <laughs> Mark McLaughlin from Belreca. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's your X factor? Like, you're going, I know Boston's a good team. I'm not saying you guys are like a huge underdog, but you're going against Carolina. Who's the X factor in that series that when. Your top line is neutralized, but their top line and vice versa, who's helping you steal a deal in that series? Charlie Coyle. He has to be. He needs to go back to the way he played during that 2019 Cup run. Mm. If you can get that out of him, I just I think the third line, you put them over the boards, you're very confident in what you're getting. I do think that Trent Frederick needs to control his emotions he um frederick bristomi should be nice yeah i think that'll be good on both ends i think that um he he had gotten scratched maybe a week and a half ago because the game before just took two or three stupid penalties and ever since that he's come back and he's played really good hockey and i just think that as long as that line can be out there on on straight time I think Charlie Coyle is going to be the guy that's going to be the difference maker, like you said. When everybody else is neutralized, who's going to give it to you? And I think that third line that we have, just chemistry-wise alone, they're they're not the fastest line. They're not the prettiest line. 
But, I mean, they're very effective in what they do. They wear you down. Craig Smith, not not the biggest guy, but hard on every forecheck, closing, closing your gap down. Like, I just think that it, it's going to be very difficult for Carolina in that sense. Um, I'm, now, I, I have a question fan. for you. I'm just looking forward to that series. Marshan against uh, Shrechnikov, like – Bergeron versus Aho, like it's just going to be like really great hockey. Now, I mean, is there anyone on Carolina that you would say that would be a difference maker for them? Like, I'm just like, I've seen their their guys here and there. I mean, one guy that I think always there there's a chance no matter any time, especially playoff time, and I know he's older now, but Derek Steppen's there. I'm not really worried about Jesper Fast, you know, disrespect. But, like, <laughs> do you think we're going to be able to con- contain Aho and contain Kokanyemi? Like, I just th- – that's the shit I wonder about. Yeah, I mean, they can come at you so many different ways. I really think it's uh, Chochuk. Vinny Chochuk, all right. Yeah, 21 goals in a year to 3C. If you're having him line up against Coyle, I'm concerned about Coyle being able to win that matchup. See, uh, uh, this is the one thing I give Charlie Coyle that uh, that other people won't. He is very heavy. Yeah. Uh, like, he doesn't seem, but he's very heavy. And throughout a series, he can wear you down. And, like, like no no disrespect to Vinny. I, I know Vinny's been a good player in this league now for years. But it's like, as for weight and things like that, like, Vinny throws his body around. But I don't think he's going to be able to be knocking Charlie Coyle over. Like, Charlie's like 6'4", dude. He, he's very... Very big. Yeah, I just I'm concerned about the speed of Trocheck in that matchup. But I mean, yeah, even Nito Niederreiter, like he never truly blossomed to that big time thirty goal power forward. But his size and speed on a PK, he can come in and be a difference maker. It's just that's where the issue comes into play for me, where you have two, three, four different guys who could be, like, that X-Factor in Carolina. And then when you're looking at Boston, it's like, oh, it could be Coyle, maybe Frederick. Um, they just wear you down. And I know that firsthand from playing them the last two years in the same division. It's just they're going to be a very tough out. And I think you guys have the edge on the back end. Like, I think... I was about to ask you about that. I was, I was looking at their back end, and it's like... You see Slavin, I mean, he's, you know, creme de la rough. creme. He's been it's rough. Like, it's like Brady Shea. Like, I'm not really I'm impressed by Brady Shea. Like, hey, Brady Shea, sorry. interesting stat, leads the league among defensemen in five-on-five five assists per uh, games played. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, well, like I mean, assists per 60. Okay, so So, even strength assists per 60. That's the guy. Uh, All right. Um, I was was sitting next to a Hurricanes fan last night, and he was just like, Brady, thanks so much for Brady Shea, man. I was just like, you can take that. I'll take the two first-round picks we got. Yeah, I mean, what a fucking stat for that guy to throw out, though. Like, you know, you guys threw him away. Like, we found this diamond in the rough. Like, all right, dude. I was like, hey, cool. uh, speaking of great deals, thanks for uh, Fox for those two second-rounders. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, 
uh, like Brett Pesci. Uh, uh, okay, Ian Cole. I mean, he he's nothing flashy, but Ian Cole's a bear, though. Like he's a yeah, fucking he moose good back there. last night. Yeah, like Ian Cole. I remember. Uh, Jesus, this is going back years now because he got drafted at fucking eighteen. But um, so St. Louis drafted him, and uh, oh my God, the Columbus GM Yarmo was in St. Louis, and so was JD. And uh, they had him in the draft room, and they're asking him. They're like, "All right, this is the guy." And then they're like, "Hey, get down into like any of your shorts." And they had their strength and conditioning coach go to like his bot, and they're like measuring stuff. So they're like, "All right, get out of the room." So the strength and conditioning coach is like doing these numbers, and he's like, "He's already as strong now as he would be at 24. He already has X amount of muscle. He can only go X amount more already. So yeah, basically, you're getting him." Yeah, so they were like, oh, holy shit, and they ended up drafting him. I think it was like fourth overall or something. But I just remember like why I was like, that's fucking wild. They, they put the, like, you know, the, the body fat pincher on you, and they're finding <laughs> out all this shit. I'm like, that's Oh, God, crazy. I wouldn't want that now. Oh, no, no, they'd get a lot of fat now. There's no question about that. Eating <laughs> uh, Cole's a very low-key, solid career. A couple times oh, yeah. camp, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, uh, Carolina, I think you – was he on Colorado for a few seasons? Yeah, he was on Colorado for a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, so he's like the modern-day Jordan Leopold. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, anything else? I know we have the playoff preview in, in the next couple of days, but uh, kind of wrapping up the regular season, any storylines that we should keep an eye on, on any concerns with the team that you think, hopefully over these next – these final two regular season games, oh, can iron I, out. I'm I'm just happy we got back Pasta and Limbaugh yeah. because the the reports at first were day to day, and then a couple of days went by, and then someone had asked, and oh, uh, we downgraded them from day to day to week to week, and I was like, oh fuck, like here we go. <laughs> so just um, I, I still don't think either of them are at a hundred percent. I think they wanted to get just a couple of games in before the playoffs. So my biggest thing right now is bearing it like, God forbid, no injuries. Um, you know, we need Bergie to be as healthy as he can be. Yeah. We need Marshy in the same boat. And then hopefully Charlie McAvoy can just not put himself in bad positions and get run over and <laughs> we'll be all right. I mean, yeah, really quick for the Rangers side of things. It's pretty similar. They're playing tonight against Montreal. They healthy scratched uh Kreider, Mika, uh Truba, Fox, Lingren, Kopp, and Panarin. Um I expected to be even worse against Washington on Friday in terms of guys that they rest. There's n- absolutely no reason to risk getting anybody who's expected to play any meaningful role for us in the playoffs injured playing against Washington who's fighting for their playoff seating um especially with fucking wilson running around that's the last thing we need um maybe that'll be the game reeves finally handles business against him you know because he doesn't need to worry about hurting his team in the standings he doesn't need to worry about any of that shit and he's even if he gets suspended he wasn't going to be playing in game one anyway um so maybe that's when something goes down and they kind of answer the bell there um but overall Rangers in a pretty good spot. Uh, Shesterkin's bounced back and has found his game. 
Um, everybody is relatively healthy. Kako's back tonight um, after missing a few more games. Cop came back last night. Uh, he left the game early, but for precautionary reasons. So we're going to be entering game one, knocking on wood, as I'm saying this, healthy. Um, and with home ice. So really, it's just a matter of any type of concern about resting your guys right before the playoffs. Because I know Calgary did that last year and it kind of fucked them. Um, or two years ago. And everybody kind of pointed to that as you can't just take your foot off the pedal and start it up again in game one. So that's my only concern there. Um, but yeah, healthy. You have the top six was rolling before the cop injury. So Kreider, who's at 52 goals in a year right now, I don't think he's going to... I mean, he's not playing tonight. He's not going to play on Friday. So he's not going to get the single-season record, but 52 on a year. Panarin's going to fall, I think, three points short of 100 for the year. Um, and Igor basically solidified the runaway with the Vezina. So overall... I thought the Rangers would be good. I'm on record as saying that. I didn't expect them to be 110 points good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, stay healthy. Get Kako some uh, ice time these last two games. Get him up and running. And then you kind of start the playoffs with Kreider, Mika, Vetrano, who has just scored again tonight. So he has eight goals in 20 games to the Rangers. And then your second line of Panarin, Stroman Kopp. Uh, get things rolling. Now, I, I guess the same question goes out to you as to you had for me earlier. Who, who could be an X factor for you that n- no one is suspecting? I mean, it's kind of hard to put this as someone who's no one is expecting, but it's Lafreniere. He's been flying these last three weeks. I think he has a 16-point streak. I think he scored eight goals in the last five games. Um, he had that play against you guys where he drew the penalty and they Mika scored on the delayed penalty call. Mm-hmm. Um, that move, he had that goal of the week against Detroit with the toe drag, the marsh end is what I called it. Um, even last night, the game in person, he scored the uh, third goal of the game late. Um, he's just, the speed is noticeably different. And he's just more confident. He's not getting the puck and then figuring out what to do. He's just doing it. And it's less thinking and just more instinct. Um, So he's going to be on our third line. And when you have a first overall pick who is ending the season with at least 18 goals and on a hot streak going against other teams' third lines, like even looking at you guys, who your third line is solid, nobody on that third line could has the ability to match the talent level. So I think that kind of gives the Rangers a little bit of a leg up there. Um, if it's not him and you look truly looking at like someone who doesn't have the pedigree, um, you know, you got to look at Goodrow. Like he's going to be playing up and down a lineup, plays on a, p- a penalty kill mostly, gets some power play time, can play top six, bottom six, center, wing, doesn't matter. Um, and he's Gallant's most trusted uh, forward, basically. So if the game's tied late or you're an OT and you want to switch things up a little bit, good Roger, man. And where's Barkley playing for you guys right now? Third line? Yeah, I mean, if it's a normal game and everybody's healthy, he is third line right winger with Hedl and Lafreniere. 
so Lafreniere and Goudreau together have been good enough for you to say one of them can change this change this outcome. Yeah, and that's the thing because of kind of the chemistry that line had built up over the second half of the regular season. If you're not going to, you're obviously not breaking up your top six, and if you don't want to break up those three guys, you have Kako on a fourth line. And that's not a knock on him. That's just how good the top nine has been. And Kako on a fourth line, like, say what you want about his production. But if I'm having him go against fourth lines for most of these playoff teams, he should be able to hopefully feast on that matchup. Do you think playoff hockey, the complete opposite of you put him out there on the fourth line and then it could turn into he's just getting worked over? He's not meant to be a fourth-line player in the NHL. He's getting beat up every time that puck goes into the corner. He's thinking twice. Do you think at any point that they would pull him out? Or do you think it's just... <laughs> I, yeah, I can see that. I, I, it would be on game situation. If the Rangers are leading late, I could see them swapping him a good row and you have good row playing on in that fourth line traditional role. And you have Kako play with the more offensive guys of Hedl and Lafreniere. Um, especially if they're down late, if you're protecting the league, good row is going to get most set out ice time. I feel like so it, you have options, you have the versatility and Kako's game is built around puck possession. And when it comes to the playoffs, all I want out of my fourth line is you keep the puck in the offensive zone and you don't take stupid penalties. And Kako is dominant at puck possession. So anything that helps that with the fourth line is fine by me. Even if he doesn't score any points, if he doesn't hurt the team or it helps the fourth line not hurt the team and kind of control play, that's all I'm asking out of my fourth line right now. All right. So the, the highlight of this episode is to hopefully break the tie in our lock of the week picks. We're both 7-2 and two on the year. We don't want to do layups. We still haven't determined what the one, what the winner gets in this, this year's uh, lock of the week gamble here. But lock of the week pick, you want me to go first? I want you to go first because you, right. you had me with a little cliffhanger earlier. Yeah, I said... Friday, April 29th. It's not going to be a layup. I'm not doing the Arizona National game or anything like that. I'm going on the road, Vancouver over Edmonton. I like that. I am not going to lie. I do like that. (laughs) If I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out at least following my convictions because I liked Vancouver in my preseason picks too. You know, if you're going to go with conviction... This one's looking at me. Ryan gets laughs, alleged last game. I am going Anaheim over Dallas Friday night. All right. I, li- I like it. we're both picking the underdogs here. Watch it. We both win, and we're both like 8-2. and two. We're like, all right. Uh, well, <laughs> carries over to next year. <laughs> uh, we'll do a shootout uh, if we finish tied. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to pick a, a matchup in the first round and roll with it. If, That'll be the... Uh... If both of our teams win... Then we have to do a coin toss, and whoever gets head heads gets the Winnipeg Jets in that Sunday makeup game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's that, that's actually that's actually not bad. I like that. That'll, that'll be the trade off. <laughs> um, 
is there a game of the week pick or pretty much just be glued to your TV on Friday night, everybody? Yeah, I mean, I do think, I mean, Thursday night, Calgary at Minnesota, if both teams are playing their full lineup, I think that'll be a good game. I think Nashville at Colorado, same thing. Another game, too, L.A. at Vancouver. Um, You go to Friday, uh, Boston at Toronto, depending on how Tampa does tomorrow night. I mean, Boston could be in full battle mode there for possibly staying in the in the division. So it's like I don't I don't know what to expect, what not to expect. Maybe we finally see Wilson and Reeves on Friday night. I was about to say that's my game of the week pick because if it's going to happen at all, it's going to happen in that game. It's going to happen there. I mean, also on that last game, Colorado at Minnesota. Like I, I think that there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, Ottawa at Philadelphia could oh dictate boy. a lot of stuff. Oh boy. Um, no comment. <laughs> no comment. All right. Um, this time next week, playoff hockey will be in full swing. That's fucking awesome. I can't wait for the first round matchups in the East, man. I I, I just can't wait for them to officially be set. That that's yeah. what I can't wait for. And then I sit and I wait and I pace back and forth. <laughs> um, do you have any shout outs this week? Shout outs this week. Um, who do I have? <laughs> I don't even know who I have. Oh, you know who I do? Do you know who I have? Sorry, I was, I was thinking of other things. Uh, the, the can man just uh, had a birthday, so he's now officially seven. And apparently is, he was uh, working overtime with you today. <laughs> he, he was working overtime today, but that's all right. I mean, it, you know, you got you got to pay a little bit. That's all. You figure you teach him at a young age. A little bit of overtime never hurt nobody. Let's fucking go. But um. No, so shout out to the little guy. He he's been very good. Got a whole bunch of stuff. He he had we had his first class party, so not just like a, a family one at the house. So he got to do like the thing they went to. Uh, I think it was called Fun City. So it was like a trampoline park slash all this other stuff included. It was actually a pretty cool place. I'm like, damn, I bet there's a weight limit on that zipline. Huh? <laughs> like that's probably the one thing holding me back, but. <laughs> No, it, it was fun, and you know everyone that showed up for the little guy. Thank you. It was good. It was a good time. He's seven now, right? It's officially seven. Yeah. Okay. Seven years old was when the Rangers won a cup for me. So that's how long it's been. It's so it's, uh, it's been a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out for me. Uh, I'll go threefold here. My friend Karin, who is the groom. I. Uh, for the wedding in India and a reception in Dubai that I wasn't at last week. Also shout out to um, my friend Charlotte, who for the last three months has been traveling through starting out in Southeast Asia, moving her way all the way over to India, met up with everybody at the wedding, uh, friend out from San Francisco. So she's now spending the next month in India in the Himalayas and then moving on, uh, I forget where she's going next. I think it's Sri Lanka. But, Dude, she's a fucking animal. <laughs> yeah, she's taking six months off. She quit a job, six months to travel. Then she's going back to the States for a month and then doing another six months and then coming back and then settling down again. No uh, shit, just fucking recharging the battery? Yeah. Good for and her. And uh, shout out, First Lady, taking care of your boy, man. 
hardcore food poisoning in India. And luckily, it only started kicking in once we got to the hotel in Dubai and not on that three-hour flight from India to Dubai. That would have been a bad day at the office. I started feeling it halfway through where I looked over. I was just like, I have a headache and chills. And she's like, uh-oh. And then made it all. It was nauseous when we landed. Had to go through customs. Looking, I was sweating. Was nauseous. And I was kind of hunched over because my stomach. <laughs> Looking like, like a they're smuggler. Not to the country. <laughs> like, they're, they're not letting me in. Um, so I had to hold it together. Got to the hotel. Checked in. Put the bags down and then immediately collapsed into bed, nauseous. Um, and then for the next, I would say, 36 hours, which is incapacitated. The next morning, I had such bad stomach cramps that I literally slid off of the bed to the floor and then crawled on my hands and knees to the bathroom. And she was getting ready or for the day, just like washing up in a bathroom. And I turn a corner crawling and she's like oh my god are you okay and i was laying on a tile floor next to the toilet punching the floor saying i will pray to allah if it means getting rid of this (laughs) like just just get this demon out of me it was so the third most painful experience i've ever had in my life was those summer cramps so what were the top two first one taking a a uh, slap shot, deflected slap shot to the boys without a cup on in high school. That'll always do it, yeah. And the second one was when I pin- initially pinched the sciatic nerve in my lower back in 2014 in Florida. Oh, uh, dude, you know what? I, I thought it was going to be when Carbone dislocated your collarbone. <laughs> no, whatever. apparently he broke but my collarbone. That's what it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna joke around and say the non-goalie interference call in game two in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would have been dead if she wasn't there. And also, it's just helpful to know that no matter how bad it got, I didn't have to worry about either looking like a little bitch or like looking bad by being so fucked up from food poisoning because like we've been through so much shit already that she's like, whatever. Um, just- Pissed and shitted all over the floor. <laughs> so just dealing with that and not having to worry about like anything else on top of it was good. Um, but yeah, after that, rest of the trip in Dubai was good. Went to the top of the Burj Khalifa. Um, went to the old city. Went to Dubai Creek. Dubai was a lot of fun. Um, and then had the nice little 15-hour flight home again. Uh, but yeah, overall... We'll never want to go back to India ever again. And Dubai was like Miami. So if you ever want to go to Dubai, the party, you can literally save time and money and just go to Miami. Just go to Miami. All right. That, that, I am mad about that. It's just missing the Burj Khalifa. That's the only difference. And the accent is different from the locals. <laughs> the, the accent's different. <laughs> I, I did hear, though. I mean, I heard Dubai is like. Very Americanized, like very easy to get around, like basically the Vegas of the Middle East. Yeah, it's all luxury, luxury car brands. I saw more Ferrari dealerships than anything there. Um, It's all luxury brands, luxury malls, luxury shopping. It's like very commercialized. Um, The benefit is it's just very tourist friendly and very clean. Yeah, and I heard um, like if. I know there's a lot of Americans actually moving to Dubai because yep. I guess it's like uh, 
no no tax in um, no tax income like no country tax like there's there's a lot of perks to going there and yeah and a lot uh, of financial companies have headquarters there now too we're like a satellite office yeah um but yeah that's all i got for this week the last of the regular season last of the regular season the last trip in dubai the last food poisoning we're we're hitting all the last so so do you know what it was Like, like what was what what got you can't know for sure, but I thought I was being smart by avoiding eating any meat when I was in India because I'm like, don't eat the meat. That's where you get the food poisoning. So I was like, I'm just going to eat salads and the fruit. Well, it doesn't help if they wash the salads and the fruit in tap water. In well, India. that'll do it. I was going to say, I mean, you got to get the uh, the chicken shawarma out there. That shit's authentic, <laughs> bro. So I think that's where it came from because other people got food poisoning in a wedding group, but no one got it as bad as I did, and I'm the only one that ate the salads. So oh come on, yeah. <laughs> they're like oh look at this healthy idiot in India. This <laughs> I was like it. I was devouring it. I was like oh my god, like not only am I avoiding food poisoning, but I'm eating healthy. <laughs> oh that's fucking awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't like Indian food beforehand. Never going to try it again after this. I have no interest in going back to India. Sorry to all of our India listeners that I see on a stats for some reason on SoundCloud. but <laughs> Dude, I'm worldwide. So, yeah, like Pitbull. <laughs> Mr. 305. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you as always for uh, listening this week. Uh, yeah, Sunday night or Monday, or maybe it'll we'll record that and so it'll be out Tuesday morning to... Um, have everyone very excited for what'll be coming i am uh i'm thrilled like dude i'm pumped like i can't wait to get through these next couple of days just to see where we end up i'm actually working tomorrow night so i'll probably catch the first period of the bees take a nap hopefully we can beat fucking buffalo and then um just get out of work friday and just come and and have a few and get ready to watch that game that's gonna be a good one all right well First round is always the craziest, so I'm sure there's going to be at least one major upset. Hopefully, it's not any of our guys. As they used to say, birthdays was the worst days. Now we sip champagne when we thirsty. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we will catch you all next week. She was staring out the window of their SUV Complaining, saying, I can't wait to turn 18 She said, I'll make my own money and I'll make my own rules Mama put the car in park out there in front of the school And she kissed her head and said, I was just like you You're gonna miss this You're gonna want this back You're gonna wish these days Hadn't gone by so fast These are some good times So take a good look around You may not know it now But you're gonna miss this 